Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri, featuring Alani Bankhead and Lords Miranda. Let's take a listen. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's Akash Weekly Twitter Spaces. I'm Nadia Bajuelo, Community Events Manager here at Overclock Labs. I hope everyone here now and listening or watching later is having a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever it is you guys are joining us from. As always, thank you guys, the amazing Akash community, for your support and amazing work. This week, I'm seeing the memes and excitement around Mainnet 4 and other upcoming features starting to build. I also woke up to a fresh new guide from Insider Democus. The insiders and community members at large are keeping the guides and Akash Explainer threads coming. Thank you guys so much. Keep deploying. Keep spreading the word about Akash. We've got two ways you can get involved with this amazing community right now. One, smash those emoji buttons to show Greg and our guests you're enjoying the time they're spending with us. Two, send in your questions for today's AMA segment. Get your questions in on today's spaces by requesting to speak. We'll then bring you up so you can ask your question. But once you're on stage, we do ask that you please remain on mute and we'll call on you when it's your turn. If you raise your hand while speakers are um, talking with us, don't worry, we see you, we'll bring you up just after. If you can't unmute or you're in a different time zone and listen in later, no worries. Send your questions in on Twitter by replying to our Twitter Spaces thread during Spaces or in advance. And remember, you can always send your questions in ahead of time on Telegram. We've already got two this morning. Here are some things for you guys to check out during the week. Join our community on Telegram and Discord tomorrow on Telegram. Forbel joins us for an AMA at 8 a.m. Eastern, 12 UTC. 300 AKT for the best questions. Over on Discord, look out for quizzes from Andre every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific with 200 AKT in rewards and five winners. This Friday on Telegram and Discord, we also have a reading competition with a 200 AKT prize pool. Above my profile pic here in the Spaces Room is our latest tweet announcing Mainnet 4 and its four features. We're excited. We know you're excited. Show this tweet some love and share it out. Last week, head of product Anil Murthy's first in a new blog post series went live. Check it out, Building the Open Cloud Part 1 at Akash dot network slash blog while you're there check out more articles put together for you guys by our very own zach horn and keep an eye out for anil's next blog post in the series coming soon get started deploying on akash check out our documentation by visiting docs.akash.network 
For a bit more support on your Akash journey, the best place to go is our Discord. You'll find Akash insiders and others ready to help. You can also watch our technical program manager, Alani Kuya, walk you through your first deployment on our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and tap that bell icon. Stick around and check out our Akash Basics series where you can learn how to host games on Akash, host websites on Akash, and more. Look out for a new vid next week from Alani. If you want to spread the word about Akash and help the project grow, learn about becoming an Akash Insider at akash.network community. With that, let's get started with today's spaces. Greg will kick us off with updates. After updates, we'll give you guys a full introduction to our very special guest today, Lourdes Miranda, currently Chief Compliance Officer at Zen Crypto and former CIA officer and FBI analyst, as well as Alani Bankhead, career special agent with the U.S. Air Force and professional coach and consultant. During our guest segment, we'll be talking to Lourdes and Alani about the ever-shifting regulatory environment in Web3 and crypto specifically looking at how leadership teams can establish governance frameworks to position for potential regulatory changes and how to remain compliant in a new and rapidly changing industry. We'll then wrap up with an AMA with Greg and our guests. We'll give you guys a proper introduction and we'll welcome Lourdes and Alani just after updates. But for right now, let's hand it off to the man of the hour and CEO of Overclock Labs, Greg Osiri. Take it away, Greg. Thank you so much, Nadia. Really good to be back for another Spaces. I love these Spaces. This is our fifth month of doing it, and I'm, I'm so glad we are able to do this every week with amazing Nadia here. And uh, I mean, really, these, these, these are the opportunities that we get to you know, reflect on our week uh, at Akash, as well as you know, uh, be accountable updates right so i think it's a really really good way it also gives me an opportunity even to talk to my own team members where i haven't probably spoken to them all week right uh, i love these updates these are uh, you know uh, we love to do them as much as we can especially during during times of uncertainty with with everything so uh, with that i think our biggest um, a lot of our work has been in getting mainnet super excited I'm very, very excited for IP leases. Like, if you think about the broader picture, right? Uh, it's we are currently on uh, the phase two of the master plan, for lack of a better word. So, our first phase was to establish security. We launched the blockchain in 2020. We established security in the first six months with with the token, liquidity, and whatnot. And we launched the phase two, which is a platform in 2021, March March of 2021. Uh, that's really when we started, um, you know, offering the value of Akash as we detailed out in our white paper. And um, boy, it's been quite quite the journey in the last one year. You've seen the kind of adoption that we had. You see the kind of use cases that we haven't really thought about in the original, uh, you know, uh, original white paper to, to come to fusion. We've seen enormous. And the reason for that is as we keep adding features, we began with a very ephemeral uh, platform where you weren't able, really able to do anything that has heavy data uh, requirements, right? So uh, so even with limited functionality, people understood the nature of Akash Network, the first decentralized cloud that's viable to run an application. So people were able to deploy 
several workloads, even with limited uh, functionality. And then we added storage uh, with mainnet 3. Uh, storage gave us quite a lot of capability in terms of being able to host large data sets. Right? So now you can do nodes, you can do large databases, you can do uh, all sorts of things. And when you restart your workloads, you don't have to bootstrap your data set. So that opened up the uh, the uh, the uh, the platform to s s a lot more use cases. And now we're adding IP services, IP leases, essentially that allows uh, discoverability, right? So on storage last, now we have discovery. Uh, and likewise, it's going to open up a new, several new use cases. First thing, top mark, be node hosting uh, for uh, static ports, right? Things like Solana, things like Bitcoins, things like Handshake, uh, and several other uh, node, uh, you know, uh, node clients that require a fixed port for discovery you can finally have Akash deliver. So it'll, Akash will slowly start to get into this something called parity with the public cloud, right? So uh, that's phase two all, is all about, getting to functionality that is, uh, that is indistinguishable from a public cloud. And we still got a lot of work to do. So our next phase is going, the next uh, mainnet focus is going to be high-performance computing. So that means we'll be uh, coming out with GPUs. As you can see, the GPU, uh, drums are rolling. Uh, we're seeing a lot of excitement. We're seeing several use cases. Our goal is to, you know, launch a prototype or get it out by end of the year at least, to so that you can start playing around, so that we can start onboarding customers to ensure that we got the interfaces right, we got the requirements right, because GPUs are vast. I mean, there's so many use cases that uh, if you start laying down every little corner case, you'll end up just in a, in a spec that is uh, very, very, very complex to use, right? So the challenge again is, how do you build a common interface that can work on any data center with any type of GPU? Uh, this is something people haven't, this is something that was impossible, right? People haven't built anything close to this. Uh, we know for sure because Kubernetes support for GPUs is so minimal that we had to end up doing uh, end up doing a lot of work to uh, and contribute to upstream in order for that to work right. Uh, just basic GPUs to work on Kubernetes. So it is groundbreaking. It is pioneering pioneering work, but the uh, potential outcome of a a globally distributed GPU clusters is just cost reduction uh, to a massive level and and. Uh, uh, repurposing existing hardware instead of trying to go build new hardware with the supply chains uh, shortages, with the with the the way the world is looking, uh, I think uh, if we don't look inwards, we don't try to reuse what we have and try to uh, you know acquire new resources. I think it's going to be a failing uh, endeavor. So GPUs allows us to uh, tap into this this massive deployed capital and resources like gaming machines to you know uh, powerful workstations like fuel labs workstations to data center compute that has enormous amount of GPUs. I mean, with, with theory mining and a lot of the proof of work mining, uh, there was enormous infrastructure that uh, that you know. Uh, that was uh, built for this 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 mining use case. That's all like uh, underutilized right now. So the GPU market will allow us to un untap this. And uh, and and another big feature we'll need is uh, the privacy, uh, private networking, cross cluster private networking. With that, 
we'll have full parity with the cloud. So, and uh, by then we expect at least a good thousand providers. And so far we have seven different protocol clients. Maybe we'll, we'll expect another 50 protocol clients. And then the phase three is really superiority, right? So that's when we'll start seeing much better use cases that are not possible in the cloud. So during this journey, it's very, very hard for, very, very important for us to stay focused on getting to parity with the current cloud. And uh, IP leases is and one key milestone, main force key milestone in that journey. So I'm super, super excited. Uh, along with IP uh, services, we're also getting interchain accounts, which is a feature I've been wanted, wanting for so long. Interchain accounts uh, really opens up a new uh, phase of interoperability, I would say, wherein you can have any IBC uh, chain, uh, you know, uh, call the uh, call a method on a cache using the native account, right? So a Juno account can now own deployments directly on a cache. That means a smart contract running on Juno or a smart contract running on Osmosis or a Celestia could actually uh, own the deployment on a cache. The implications of that is beyond anything we have seen, nothing like this exists in Web3, right? Ethereum doesn't have anything close to it because, I mean, let's be honest, um, you can't really run a viable cloud uh, on Ethereum while paying $70 every time you deploy, right? So Cosmos, the 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 Cosmos delivers the anti-fat thesis, anti-fat protocol thesis, and the outcome is such amazing innovation that happens, right? So cross-pollination of communities, cross, uh, I mean, usage of, I mean, like, you know, you can now have one single account and be able to call other other uh, networks using that account and own all the asset in a single account that simplifies identity management, that simplifies user experience, that, that is much better for security and, and just beyond. I'm super excited for interchain accounts. And I think what Akash is delivering is a unique use case. Uh, Akash and Juno and others are going to uh, see a new phase of interoperability. So I'm really excited. Uh, we are very close now. I think the next big step is to uh, for us to uh, um, put a proposal uh, on um, on the uh, uh, to for an upgrade, and there's a text proposal to ensure everybody's ready from a validator set, and then the main proposal for the upgrade is going to happen. Uh, we should see that see that coming up very soon, and we saw quite a lot of adoption. Uh, Space Catch is a new uh, NFT game, augmented reality game, uh, hosting on Akash. And secret network. I think this is a really cool, um, cool trend. Secret and Akash kind of like came into with the DoD hackathon we saw uh, recently, where uh, you know a bunch of marine officers and uh, airmen and guardians they deployed uh, you know Akash and secret network to uh, encrypt cross uh, uh, cross steam communications and using Akash for sovereignty within DoD. So that started a trend of. And and secrets. So we're seeing quite a lot of uh, projects now, especially games uh, deployed using Secret Network Nakash. Uh, Geekpix NFT is another uh, you know uh, another uh, application. There's a AMA happening, uh, I believe uh, on a uh, I believe uh, oh, sorry that happened yesterday. So if you want to catch up on the uh, on the uh, Twitter Spaces, go check out our, we, we posted a big update. Go check out our update and you'll be able to listen to the uh, Twitter Spaces. Uh, and, um, and next week we'll have all three, um, uh, you know, uh, 
Akash Weekly, we'll have Ultra Moderates uh, talk about this uh, DOE hackathon as well. So uh, please uh, make sure to tune in. Uh, Ultra, uh, for those of you who don't, don't know, is the Moultrie. Um, my, my, my apologies. Moultrie is the um is the uh akash auditor uh the you know that that is managed by anthony rosa and he was a former marine officer uh that was involved in the hackathon uh and, and the DoD bravo one hackathon so it'd be really cool to to hear from him about the details i'm super excited for next week um and our favorite uh, democos has been on a serial deployment he's uh he deployed hyperchain uh, uh, with Speron. So uh, Speron is starting to become like this amazing way to deploy in Akash. So far we have CloudMars, which is really non-custodial deployment experience. Speron is another amazing uh, deployment experience. Speron obviously takes a little different angle than CloudMars. CloudMars is fully non-custodial. Speron enables you to use polygonomatic tokens to pay for deployments. And this is, again, a beautiful thing about Cash, how the ecosystem is getting to be more diverse. Uh, you're having different clients uh, developed on Akash that have different focus. And as as long as we have uh, this organic development with, our, with with different market focus, with user focus coming on Akash, uh, you know, we're going to be successful because the kind of... We, the beauty about Web3 and crypto is not about a single company uh, trying and, and, and putting the efforts as part of community coming together and you know, coordinating together uh, by targeting different parts of the industry, right? So we see uh, in a cloud models focusing on pure non-custodial experience, Peron focusing on a different use case, or and then we have third wave focusing on different others and fleek and what whatnot. As and, and the more we have these different ecosystem partners focusing on different areas uh, to attract users, the more successful we're going to get. So we're going to be, as a core team, Overclock Labs is going to be hyper-focused on building this, this community of developers that can actually build different distractions on top of our car. So really, really cool to see a lot of deployments happening on Speron now. Uh, uh, Democus, uh, uh, do this beautiful guide on on how to do that. Go check out in our weekly uh, update thread uh, if you want more uh, information. And we're seeing quite a lot of um, a lot of community threads on Akash, right? So I mean, Akash is a relatively unknown project. I mean, we've been hyper focused on building and and delivering, and we all know that. We do this weekly Twitter Spaces as a way to consolidate our our updates and give it to you. Uh, but it's really good to see community members, you know, spread the word, right? So I want to shout out Elemental Crypto, did a beautiful thread, and uh, I think uh, I think the if you actually look at why this thread came about, if you click on the Twitter blog post and click on the quoted tweets, it's because Sam Padilla, who happens to work at uh, Google, uh, Google uh, was excited. Uh, they, he talked about his excitement about Akash and Secret Network. On his Twitter thread, and uh, Elemental, uh, you know, found out about Akash from a, a Google employee th Twitter thread, and and wrote about Akash, which is which is amazing to see, right? If you look at the trail as to how that happened, so it's good to see and talk about Google. I mean, what a wonderful news, right? They uh, uh, they announced that they're going to accept crypto, right? So it's amazing to see other cloud providers actually, you know, come in the way of Web three and. Akash definitely started the trend and 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 taking a lead in, but it's really good to welcome uh, a likes of Google. And it takes a lot for a company like Google to accept crypto. 
right? So that opens up great opportunities for, for us as an industry, for Akash as a, as, as a protocol. And uh, I think the good things that's just going to come out of this like amazing announcements that happened yesterday. Google did, and a few other, uh, I believe there's a bank that did it. Um, I'm, I'm not a banker. I don't keep track of bankers, but I think the bank also said they're going to do some uh, custody stuff. Really excited for Google, especially Google Cloud coming into the Web3 era of first time to accept payments first, and then uh, who knows what might come out of it. But yes, Elemental Crypto is, is a tweet thread that came out of a conversation from Google Cloud folks, and uh, we get to see uh, that level of interest and collaboration arena. And second thread we saw by Theory FX, um, also a beautiful thread. Uh, they talk about, you know, different, takes a different viewpoint. Go check it out. It's in our Akash update thread. And uh, and Anil, uh, our, our head of product, uh, did a uh, we released the video that he presented, a video of the talk he did at Masari Mainnet with a demo of Overclock Console. So uh, Overclock Console is a product from Overclock Labs that uh, we are sort of like, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a vertical product that enables Node RPC deployment and Node deployment. In a decentralized and non-custodial way. So again, it's it's another protocol client on top of Akash that Overclock Labs teams feels like <clears throat> for in order for you to, to deploy complex applications with complex topologies, there needs to be another level of abstraction on top. So so we've written a console as is another abstraction on top of Akash network to enable uh, node hosting. So Anil gave, gives us a beautiful demo. Go check it out. Uh, Overclock console uh, is also going to be here very soon. So our team has been uh, extremely busy with Minute 4 and Overclock console. Can't wait to get it out in your hands uh, to start experimenting with, with, with console. It works with Kepler. It's a web-based tool. I think people are going to enjoy it. He gives a demo. Go check it out. Instant weekly Twitter thread. And uh, all, he also talks about, Anil has been quite, quite, the, quite the force. He wrote this beautiful thread about embarrassingly parallel workloads and why the importance of GP, GPUs in the sense general purpose GPUs, right? That's what Akash offers really. It's not a special purpose GPU uh, 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 platform, but general purpose GPUs called GPGPU. It's a category of GPUs, uh, uh, GPUs delivered. It talks about in detail as to what embarrassing, what this terms, industry term called embarrassingly parallel means and uh, how Akash will be the only marketplace that can offer this embarrassingly parallel uh, uh, GP, GPU, GP GPUs uh, uh, for a cloud provider, right? So uh, in, in, in an open setting, uh, beautiful thread. This is the third thread about, about Akash. And I think with that, I'm going to wrap up our weekly updates. It's been such a wonderful week. I can't wait for Maynard 4 to come out and, and, uh, and you know, can't wait for all the amazing work uh, Workload is going to go on it. So uh, see you next week. Thanks, Greg. All right, guys. Well, today's episode is a very special one that's been in the works. Um, we've worked hard to bring it to you for quite some time now. Um, and thank you uh, to Alani Kuya for um, helping to connect us to today's uh, two expert guests. The regulatory environment is 
always changing, and we thought it would be great to hear some thoughts and insight from experts in the matter. Um, also, thank you to Zach for his help in putting today's episode together. Thank you, Alani and Zach. Um, with that, our first guest today is Lourdes Miranda, Chief Compliance Officer at Send Crypto. Lourdes Miranda is a former CIA officer and a former FBI analyst with over 20 years of government and corporate experience specializing in financial crime investigations and intelligence collection and analysis globally. She has extensive field experience targeting money launderers and terrorist financiers. Since 2017, she has been working with fintechs as a senior crypto investigator, senior compliance officer, and as a risk manager building compliance investigations, crypto, and intelligence teams and training programs. Lourdes is also an author and has contributed to Manchester CF's crypto assets and open source intelligence online courses as a subject matter expert. Lourdes is also a certified anti-money laundering specialist, certified crypto forensic investigator, certified fraud examiner, certified chain analysis KYT, cipher trace certified examiner, and Manchester CF financial intelligence specialist. Welcome, Lourdes. We're so excited to have you. How are you today? Thank you, Nadia, for that lovely introduction. I'm happy to be here. Um, Greg, Alani K and Alani B, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm so honored to be here and speaking with all of you. And Greg, wow, I'm quite impressed with Akasha's updates. I appreciate that. I'll make sure my team at Sencrypto uh, will be following you on your progress, um, as well as maybe one day we can partner, collaborate, and eventually intersect in this global world of crypto. So um, where would you like me to begin? Intersecting? Well, I I am going to go ahead and also introduce Alani Bankhead. And then I've got some questions for you guys, as you know, and we'll just go through one by one. And we would love to hear both you and Alani's thoughts, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Nadia. Yeah, no problem. So today we're also welcoming guest Alani Bankhead, Lieutenant Colonel and agent in the Air Force Reserves and professional coach and consultant. Alani Bankhead is a career special agent and professional coach, consultant and public speaker with a career spanning almost two decades in federal and state government. Alani has hunted terrorists and spies both in and out of the Middle East on behalf of special operations. She was a senior bodyguard to a top Pentagon official and ultimately found her passion in protecting the most vulnerable, our children, from sexual exploitation. Alani started the Air Force's Internet Crimes Against Children, ICAC, task force mission almost 15 years ago in Japan. And since leaving active duty, she has overseen law enforcement investigations, operations, and host national law enforcement training in Latin America and the U.S.'s largest anti-slavery nonprofit focusing on the commercial sexual exploitation of children, CSEC, also known as child sexual trafficking. Alani eventually transitioned to Hawaii, where she created and led the largest anti-child exploitation cyber operations in the Pacific, comprised of federal, state, local, and military law enforcement agencies, resulting in the arrest of almost 100 child sex abusers, the identification and recovery of over 35 live child victims, and a 96% conviction or plea rate. 
Still serving as a lieutenant colonel and agent in the Air Force Reserves, Alani currently works as a coach and consultant to enable larger groups of law enforcement and prosecutors to be equipped to handle the growing issue of child exploitation online. Alani has given dozens of conference presentations and talks, including a TEDx talk. Welcome, Alani. So excited to have you as well. How are you today? Hello, Nadia. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you guys. And thank you, Greg, for all that incredible information earlier. Uh, it's lovely to be here at Akash chatting with you guys today. Alani Kuye, of course. Alani, my other brother from another mother, I have to give you a special shout out. And of course, it's always an honor to get to collaborate with Lourdes. She's an incredible advocate on the compliance side of things. And I'm just really excited to have this talk. So thank you for having me. All right. Yeah, we're so excited. So let's jump right into it with our first question for you guys. Where do you see the intersection of compliance and regulation, the crypto industry, and decentralization? Lourdes, let's start with your thoughts and then Alani, go ahead and jump in with yours. Thank you, Nadia. Well, the last few years, I've seen the intersection and partnering, if I can use that term, uh, shared global jurisdiction uh, when it comes to conducting KYC and KYB. KYC, for those in the audience, uh, know your customer. KYB, know your business due diligence. Uh, there's another KYC I always love to mention because we have amazing investigator, Alani B, on the line. Uh, know your criminal. That's another KYC we also need to discuss. So yeah, shared globalization when, when conducting KYC, KYB, requesting information, sharing intelligence, um, conducting investigations, um, even sharing rules and regulations. You know, we're global, so we have to understand where our entity is operating, for example, like in Europe or in Africa, uh, we have to understand the rules and regulations in Africa. So it's definitely global as well as technology. You know, we collaborate globally with uh, tech companies that to ensure that our API platforms are compatible. So to ensure that our KYC KYB program is strong. So, I mean, I can keep continuing. Um, if Alani B, you want to jump in. Um, another thing I like to mention that uh, rules and regulations, you know, like the FATF travel rule, uh, for those in the audience who are not familiar with FATF, that's the Financial Action, Action Task Force um, that provide regulations and recommendations for uh, globally, for everyone in the U.S., you name it, Europe, Asia, Middle East, all the continents, of course, except Antarctica. Um, so, yeah, global jurisdiction is what I see the intersection of all compliance, regulations, investigations. Thanks, Lourdes. Alani B, what about your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. So I actually want to start really strategically big picture to kind of explain to you guys what we're seeing on the law enforcement side. So um, especially for about the last five or six years or so, there's been just this really massive conflict between technology and law enforcement. And I'm only going to address protecting the most vulnerable. Like, I can certainly talk about law enforcement terms in general, right? Like drugs, terrorism, like drugs are bad, okay, whatever. It's like this morally nebulous area. But I think everybody can agree that child exploitation is a no-no, right? Um, unfortunately, what's been happening a lot is tech has really been kind of putting this concept out there of, privacy being tops. And for us, as a law enforcement officer, I'll tell you, I believe in America. Capitalism reigns. I love that this is one of the only countries in the world where you can come here with zero or even debt and still make your millions or billions. 
we are the land of opportunity and crypto is absolutely it's not even the next phase of that it's it's the current phase of, of that evolution right and so i want you to know that we're not out as law enforcement trying to bust people just to like get our jollies or anything like we're busy and in fact we're really overwhelmed especially during covid with the explosion of child sex abuse material distribution on the internet and so uh, I'm going to call it CSAM, but child sex abuse material is the correct term for child pornography. And so uh, with law enforcement, again, believing in privacy, right? The Fourth Amendment of the Constitution prevents me from searching and seizing anything illegally. I have to prove to a judge that I believe that the evidence I'm seeking is going to be in your possession in order to get that search warrant. I take that really seriously. We as a community take that really, really seriously. And so, you know, this is not us versus you, but at the end of the day, the issue that we're butting up against is because of privacy and end-to-end -end encryption and pseudo-anonymity, that a lot of times companies are intentionally or unintentionally building mechanisms where law enforcement can't access the material that we need, right? And so there have been a lot of conversations at the headquarters, Department of Justice level, uh, and the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force is about what does it look like for us to be able to intersect with technology and make sure that we are uh, having access to the evidence that we need to make sure that kids aren't being exploited. And so as far as the scope of the problem on the investigative side, so the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is the big repository uh, for uh, technology facilitated leads of child sex crimes. And they've received 82 million reports of child sex abuse material and have reviewed 322 million images. Um, it's estimated that one in four girls is sexually abused and something like one in seven to 10 boys. And according to a Europol report from 2020, Virtual assets actually became the second most commonly accepted payment method after credit cards and debit cards being the first. And that uh, is data taken from 40 platforms in the online commercial sex market facilitating sex trafficking. So like crypto plays a really, really big part in us being able to tackle this issue head on. Now, clearly there's a difference between investigations and compliance. So I can talk all day about what we're seeing <laughs> on the investigation side. Um, Lourdes is your compliance expert and she's amazing at that. And But it is a problem. And so I'm just really grateful that we get to have this conversation today to figure out, you know, how do the companies want to address the issue so that you can be a part in preventing the abuse of children. Because I'm going to point out a really sad fact, but looking at the number of people on this call, based on the statistics that I gave you, there are a number of people on here that have been abused, right? And so what would it look like for us to stop that so that, you know, children can grow up and just be children and have, you know, really well-functioning lives and careers and whatnot. And so really important topic today. Thank you. No, Alani. Thank. Sorry, go on, Lotus. Oh no, Alani B. Thank you for that. Um, yes, you're right. As with compliance, um, I've seen an increase in collaboration with investigators like yourself, Alani. Um, I make sure that I come from a. A long investigative background and I've only been in compliance for about five years and I always make sure my compliance officers understand investigations. Um, I even invited Alani B to speak one day during one of our town hall meetings because I want them, them to understand how important investigation is and understanding what tradecraft is. Alani B mentioned tradecraft to me and I, and I know that term quite well being from the intelligence community and compliance investigations they may be different, but they also overlap. You know, 
compliance is proactive, investigations is reactive. So we need people with Alani's strong background to teach compliance officers how to think like a bad actor, how to act like a bad actor, what buzzwords to look for when we're conducting transaction monitoring. So yes, and Alani also mentioned technology. Yes, we as compliance people, as also as investigators, especially my team at Send Crypto, I make sure that our engineers and product developers understand why compliance is important, why investigations is important, what type of platforms we need to have a strong compliance and investigative program to make sure we identify the threats and vulnerabilities and bring people in like Alani B to help us with building that investigative uh, team. So that's what I like to bring. Great to the table. thoughts. And then we'll go ahead and, and shift over to what we can do to prepare as teams and some of their thoughts on that. Go for it, Greg. Thank you, Gareth. And Alani, I mean, this is something that keeps me up at night as a technologist, you know, the, the question I keep asking myself is like, am I building something that will empower uh, these child abusers, right? Like that's something, uh, and where's the balance between privacy and, and, and prevention, right? So what are some of the, I guess that's, uh, that's where the Nadia is gonna go. So what are some of, what will the, there's a real challenge, right? Like how do you, prevent, um, you know, like where is a data, is there a database that's easily accessible for us to be able to reference a piece of content, at least from a fingerprint standpoint, and be like, hey, this piece of content is, is flagged as, as risky and uh, or this by, by multiple people has been reported, we should take it down. Like is what, what, how do people, tool developers can comply, right? Especially with something that's really horrible, like child pornography and stuff like that. Yeah, Greg, no, I really appreciate that question. And it's an important one, right? And I loved how you said that there has to be a balance between privacy and prevention, which is why I was so direct in kind of explaining that, like, we're not out just to get people in trouble. Like, like I like my privacy and absolutely I want you to have your privacy and folks that are on your platforms deserve their privacy as well. There are databases. So the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, again, is that kind of central repository. They are um, contracted by the Department of Justice to manage the cyber tip line. And so um, child sex abuse material does run on what we call hash sets. And so a digital photo or video has, it's almost like a digital fingerprint and it's this, um, there are a couple different kinds that we use, but but we know like with more certainty than blood or any other kind of DNA that if the hash set matches that uh, item, that it is illicit material. And so if you are ever in doubt, like you, you can definitely connect with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, they have partners that, you know, if you guys wanted to have some type of like okay, what's kind of the shortcut for us to get you these questionable materials um, so that you can check them and make sure that it's okay. They have that database already and we're constantly adding to it. So, um, but again, that, that comes back to, and again, I love what you talked about, your intention with building the company, right? Like we want these companies that you guys build to be incredible and amazing and we want you to achieve your wildest dreams. And um, I appreciate that for you, a lot of, part of that includes, you know, how do I make sure I'm not building something that is empowering a criminal to exploit children? And, um, and so at the end of the day, you know, especially someone being in this space, I could stay up 24 hours a day just constantly working because kids are always being abused. But at some point you just have to, you know, 
this is the best I can do. I'm doing everything possible. You know, I'm working with my compliance folks, my lordesses, right? Um, but I also really appreciated the genesis of this whole conversation with Alani Kuye and us, you know, kind of chatting about hey, the compliance train is coming, right? And, and I can tell you that it is. Uh, with all the conversations that we've had at the commander level at headquarters Department of Justice, um, you know, we're, we're constantly in this cat and mouse game with criminals, but it's going to catch up. And so we just really appreciate your proactivity in that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, more than it's coming, I think we have a more, we have an obligation as an industry to prevent uh, horrible things, right? Like we don't want to build tools that is going to end of the day just empower these like abusers and give them better more access, right? That's not okay. I mean, before like before even the government I think comes in and 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 you know regulates or whatnot, but I think we as an industry have a responsibility to build that as much as the value system we believe in, right? So like for so with Akash, the protocol is a decentralized protocol. So the protocol in itself doesn't have censorship. But the question is like, how do you prevent bad actors from abusing the system? And the answer is providers, right? Our providers are responsible for the content they host, but they need tools for them to be empowered, right? So I think in a way that we can empower them by giving content moderation tools and have them run the tools uh, and have those uh, you know, reports be posted online so that the world can see how much abuse is happening in a more transparent manner that we don't get to see from opaque platforms. So I think as a decentralized protocols, we have inherent uh, responsibility and an opportunity, right, really, to uh, to leverage some of these amazing databases that Alana has been talking about and giving to our users, right, and having our users run these checks and having that visibility be posted uh, and, and, and I think bringing more light to the issues is a great opportunity for us. So I'm excited. I'm excited not, I'm sure that is regu regulations coming, but I think like, but also, I think that'll that'll open up, uh, you know, minds and 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 technologists like myself to to really think what we're doing is is it is it really as bad as that say or they say or is it is it not? But let's first like you know implement these tools and find out ourselves, right? So, yeah. Hi, Greg. May I chime in? Yeah, uh, Alani, yeah. may I chime in from a compliance perspective? When it comes to sex trafficking, human trafficking, um, abuse against children. Um, regulations are here. Yes, so there are privacy laws, but I can tell you from a compliance perspective, when we work with our product developers and our engineers and we work with vendors like Chainalysis and Elliptic and Trulio and all those vendors for transaction monitoring, my job as a chief compliance officer is to ensure that these platforms are, their risk appetite is compatible with our internal platform, our API internal and external is compatible. So with risk appetite and compliance, there's high, medium, and low. Any, when, especially with IP addresses, any IP address from a compliance perspective that is near a strip club, that is near a shipping port, that is near an airport or a train station, um, or any known sex offender zip codes, we as compliance officers ensure that our platforms have risk alerts and they're high. And when a user is opening up a wallet with our platform and his zip, his or her zip code pings out of one of the zip codes that we flagged as high risk because they're near at a location that has to do with sex trafficking, et cetera, 
that IP address is flagged and we conduct enhanced due diligence um, before that user can even open and make a deposit on our platform. So yes, from a compliance perspective, we do set up alerts and we work with internal and, ex and external vendors to ensure that our risk appetite is flagged accurately and to ensure that false positives are reduced. So yes, that's a compliance perspective. Yeah, and I loved actually, Lourdes, what you said earlier about compliance is proactive and investigations is reactive. And y'all, like, we're busy. Like, I don't need any more work, right? And I don't want to come for you. So, you know, if you are maintaining those robust KYC and CDD expectations on the exchanges or your other virtual asset service providers, like, that would mit mitigate a lot of the issues to begin with, right? And I know, like, compliance is a lot of times seen as this, like, wet noodle, like, wah, wah, you know, like, boy, oh, here comes the compliance person, like, ruining our fun, right? But, like, the lordesses of the world are the ones that keep you out of trouble and, like help me focus on the really big guys that are doing like the international, like organized crime type stuff. So please like for, you know, the, the just preventing it from happening is would really be optimal. So KYC and CDD is all I got to say. Thank you, Alani, for that. Yes, I'd like to just uh, add to that. For those out there, the engineers and product developers, coders, any cyber person, compliance is your friend. We're here, you know, I always give the speech, compliance is the first line of defense. Once that defense is broken, our platform, your platform is vulnerable. Then it becomes an investigation. As compliance officers, we don't want an investigation because when we have to open an investigation for an alleged suspicious activity or an alleged bad actor that's using our platform for nef alleged nefarious activities, we're worried because now our platform is vulnerable. So yes, compliance, we're your friend. We're not here to, to make your life miserable or to hinder your progress. Um, let's all work together. So thank you, Alani, for that. Thank you, Lourdes and Alani. I think that, that yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. Awesome. Guys, it's been great to see um, your different, the different sides of the expertise that you bring. Um, and it's been a great conversation so far. And it's great to bring everybody together and see each other's point of view, the insight you provide. And um, it's amazing to see that we have a lot more in common, as is usually the case, um, than not. Um, thank you Can for I your recommendations, actually. I mean, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, go ahead, Lord, as I have a question, but go ahead. Oh, so, uh, just I want to add one more thing. Um, you know, we're global. Uh, you know, Michael Friedman wrote a book years ago. The world is flat. That's a fact. Great book. I recommend it. Um, you know, I, I wake up at one o'clock in the morning sometimes because I support Africa and I support European operations. And one thing I've learned as a chief compliance officer, because I'm based in the U.S., I can only do so much sitting here in the United States. So what I did and I've done in the past and I'm currently doing is I hire country managers and Alani, Alani knows this term boots on the ground. I need people in Africa to tell me what, it, what the hell is going on with the central banks there. What is going on with the regulators in Africa, Asia, Middle East, Europe, and yes, the United Kingdom. Thank you, Brexit, for making my life difficult. Anyway, I digress. So that's what I do. So for people out there, you know, yes, I'm in the United States. I'm a chief compliance officer, but hire people boots on the ground. Because when I call Nigeria and I get a briefing every Monday, I'm going to expect the country manager in Nigeria to let me know what's the latest and greatest on crypto. What are the central banks are saying in Africa 
you know, Nigeria, Kenya. Um, and I also have uh, country managers in Europe and also the United Kingdom. So that's an idea you should implement in your team when it comes to um, governance framework. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Awesome. Switching over to diversity for a moment here. Um, diversity is critical to scale and adoption in this space. And looking at Web3 and crypto, how do we encourage diversity and participation in the industry by women and people from all cultures, backgrounds and walks of life? You've talked about how global the nature of the space is. You two are badass women that are super accomplished and we don't see enough of them in the industry. How would that, how would bringing all these people in, how would that impact the growth and evolution of the industry as a whole? Lourdes, you want to go first? Absolutely. Thank you, Lonnie. I'll be brief because I know we're running out of time. Um, well, I define diversity as people thinking differently. Okay, people, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a product developer. I'm not a cybersecurity person. I'm not even a coder. I can barely turn my computer on. But let me tell you something. I understand crypto because you don't need to be an engineer or the list that I've added there to understand how crypto moves, how crypto works. My thing is, if you're passionate, you'll learn it. It doesn't matter what your background is. And I've only been in crypto since 2017. And the cyber team reached out to me because I had a financial crimes, you know, combating financial crimes background. We had a great relationship. I said, you teach me crypto. I'm going to teach you how to move money, launder money and follow money and disrupt money flow. So, again, you don't need to be an engineer to be involved in crypto, blockchain, Web3, NFTs down the list. Um, and you know what? And as a leader out for the leaders out there and for potential leaders and future leaders, let people speak. I, every meeting I have, if I have a person who is a non-engineer not talking, I'm going to call that person separately on their own line and find out why they didn't ask questions. You don't need to be an engineer to be in this world. We need people like you. I want people in compliance and I want people in investigations who are not engineers because they think differently. No offense to engineers and product developers. You're amazing. I love you. But we need people to think differently. And I don't want you to be a coder. I want you to be an investigator and a compliance officer. Thank you. Ooh, I love it. Ugh. So for me, obviously, I don't come from the crypto space, although I, I have worked in technology facilitated child sex crimes. And so just coming at it from my law enforcement background, I know you guys can't see me, but I mean, obviously, I'm a woman. I'm actually very petite. I'm Latina. And I look very young for my age. So people always think I'm like in my early 20s or whatever, but I'm, I'm much older than that. Um, and I agree with Lourdes that it's not just diversity in like, you know, ethnicity or whatever, it's diversity of thought, right? But what I have actually found is that that diversity is what takes my team to the next level when I let them kind of do their thing, right? So if you have someone coming into your space that's passionate about your mission, but maybe they don't exactly fit in, right? Just giving them the space to kind of like present their gifts to the company and you'll be shocked with the results, right? And I can give tons of examples over my career where that's happened. So like we've um, had the most introverted intelligence analyst ever. Like, I mean, people that I'm just like, ah, oh, does this person understand the words that are coming out of my mouth sometimes because they're just so quiet, right? But they've created the most brilliant products that have busted spies and child sex abusers and terrorists. Like, I mean, 15 years after my headquarters Quantico experience, I still run into agents that are like, oh my gosh, you guys created that product and it broke this case wide open and we're so grateful. And I literally don't remember <laughs> working that case with them because we just had so many cases, right? Or mathematicians that 
can actually create algorithms to protect kids and identify where child sex abuse material is stored and distributed from. Like, I never would have thought mathematicians could contribute to that mission, but they do. For my part, you know, you guys heard that I'm now consulting. And the reason for that is because I loved being an agent. I love busting bad guys. I love protecting the vulnerable and seeking justice. But where my gift lies is in the collaboration and pulling out people's gifts so that as a team, collectively, when you're doing that, you get the best results. And so um, I ran uh, Hawaii's, or I created and ran Hawaii's anti-child exploitation operation. So all those stats that you heard came from there over the last four years. And when people ask me about the success, I tell them, I'm like, oh, it's because of the love. And I mean, you don't say that in law enforcement, right? So people are looking at me like I'm crazy. But the truth is that demanding for me, my gift is demanding the love from each participant in the op and asking them what that looks like and helping them identify what those, because everybody actually has their secret thing that are like, I really think if we employed this tactic, it would work exceptionally well, but they don't have the courage to do that, right? And so I bring that out of people. And so that's very unusual to hear in law enforcement spaces, but it's also unusual to hear of a 96% conviction rate. That's unheard of. But I don't play around with my cases. I want the bad guy to go to jail and I want that case to be rock solid. And that's my gift. And so that's why diversity is so important is because that diversity of thought and background, like you just never know what's going to come out of it. Hey, Alani, can I add to that? Just one last thing. Oh, for those out there in the audience, guess what? I never worked in a bank. So when I left CIA in 2018, I kept getting every door shut in my face because they're like, she never worked at a bank. I'm also Puerto Rican from New York. I'm five feet two. Yes, I'm petite, just like Alani, but we are badass. And every door that was slammed in my face. So finally, I found a startup that's like, wow, you have an amazing background. I'm like, I never worked at a bank, but I can tell you, I can target a banker. I know how they think. I know how they move money. I know how they launder money. And I know how they hide money and create offshore accounts. So give me the job. And they did. So again, for those out there who are interested in being in the crypto sphere as a compliance officer or a financial crimes investigator, you don't have to worry about not coming, not, you know, not ever working in a bank. If you have interest, we can teach you. And last thing I like to say, I always tell my audience, if you ever written a check or know what a check looks like, you can understand crypto. I promise you. Thank you. That is so encouraging, guys. Thank you so much for that on so many levels. And for me on a personal level, Petite Latina over here. I've been super excited for this conversation for many, many reasons, but that is my one personal reason. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And um, yeah, thank you guys so much for your insights. Um, Since we are running a little bit low on time, Greg, what do you think if we open it up to AMA in case anybody here has questions for our guests or for you? We can also let our guests go. We know that they're super busy. We have some questions from Telegram that are a little bit more tokenomics and Cosmos related. We could also do that. I don't have so many questions. I don't think we have time, but like, I, I really like, um, anyway, but I think we, we should come back I and mean, we should bring back Lani and, and Lourdes for a long, much longer uh, session. I mean, I have lots of questions in like, well, we have the compliance stuff too, but also like just in general diversity, right? Like uh, the, the real challenges here from a, from a, I, I hate to use the word pipeline problem. Like, oh, there's not enough applicants that are diverse enough, but I think we're looking at the wrong way, right? Like um, 
you know, how do we encourage more people to look at crypto, Web3? Um, you know, we obviously can create more roles, uh, but they're also and like, why is there such a big difference in like just pure engineering talent in the United States versus other countries? Like I come from India, right? Like in India, uh, if you go to a tech company, there's at least a good 50 percent like just like male to female ratio. Right. The U.S. is significantly lower and there's that problem. It's clearly, you know, and, and then there's this like diversity in terms of roles, right? Like in, in companies. So uh, it's longer conversation. I think we can have a whole different spaces on that. But uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to let, um, uh, let the AMA. Yeah, so Huey, we see you on there. Um, Lourdes and Alani, if you have a moment, Huey is a member of our team, super dynamic member. I'd love to hear his question if you guys have a moment. Of course. Huey, Absolutely. go for it. Hi, Lourdes and Alani. First, thank you so much for uh, being on here. Uh, it was awesome hearing what you guys had to say. Uh, I'm actually an Air Force. Uh, I just got out in December, so. Well uh, done, sir. Well familiar, done. Familiar with a lot of the stuff you guys are talking about. Uh, and, you know, it's nice to be working in crypto and have some other friendlies in the space. Um, my, my question to you is kind of to both of you on the investigations and compliance side. Um, you know, any, anytime there's a permissionless system, right, it is, it is that, right? You can't really stop someone from using it. So, you know, from an investigation and compliance side, you know, from my eyes, I see you know, targeting it as upstream as possible. And what I mean by that is, you know, like the fiat on ramps, you know, when you go to Coinbase and, you know, they, ha they you know, have the KYC on you um, or, you know, things like that. Do you, are, are you guys, you know, like it's almost, it's, it's difficult for, for projects that have a permissionless protocol to, you know, track all those things because, you know, it, it is permissionless. So how do you, you know, it's almost, almost like putting the burden on folks when they have no ability to do it. So is there, can you just go into like your guys' approach a little bit? Because I see, I see catching the bad guys upstream as the best way, but I am naive. So, yeah. Um, Alani, do you mind if I jump in? Please. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, nice to meet you, Huey. Thank you for the question. Love the name, by the way. Um, well, I recommend both. I recommend permission and permissionless um, platforms, distributed ledger technology with smart contracts. Both have to be compatible because both have different uses. And depending on their mission of your company, both, I, I recommend building both, having both, definitely. Like, um, like send crypto and other, where I am now in other entities and startups, um, I'm all for Custodial and non-custodial wallets have both, have both options always because both options will always benefit you in some way, whether it's compliance or investigations. I have a different take. I mean, as, as yes, to, go ahead. Uh, to excuse answer question. Custodial and non-custodial is always an on and off ramp. There's always an end to an exit point, right? Uh, I think that's our opportunity. Like for a Akash standpoint, uh, the, uh, you know, someone hosting a workload, yeah, like a provider should be able to know, you know, who they're serving, right? Like that's, that's, you know, it's like, Hey, I have a store. I need to know who's coming to my store. Right. Like, and I have an inherent responsibility to keep my store clean. So like, well, that's the, that's an opportunity for me to like, 
actually like choose who I serve or not. So if something really bad is happening, I don't want to serve and I have to comply in the jurisdiction that I have to comply in, right? Or else I have an IP address and people come, you know, come and knock on my door. I don't want that to happen. So it, I think crypto makes it a lot simpler to track. I think Lourdes here and Alani agrees with me as investigators and compliance. Crypto actually makes it easier to track crime and shut down than, than an opaque system that we had before of like systems, you know, that unless being reported, there's really no central database you can go and, and, and refer to, right? So, um, in, you know, in, in, I like, well, how do you use a cash? Well, so if you have AKT tokens, how do you get those AKT tokens? Obviously, you got, got them through, you know, I don't know, through exchanging Bitcoin or Ethereum. Like, how do you get that Bitcoin Ethereum? So I think you can, if you have the systems, uh, the, the entry and exit points, you can cover most of, I would say like 99% uh, use cases. And then uh, for the ones that are, the 1% of them, you can cover using the, the, the client platforms, I call it, right? The, 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 the hosting providers. And of course, then you have like non-custodial stuff that's easy to track. The non-custodial stuff, I think it really comes down to uh, the, host, the, the content hosters. Well said, Greg. I don't have anything else to really add. Obviously, that's more of a compliance question. But I do appreciate, obviously, that you do want to get ahead of it, Huey, right? And so that's where, again, with that cat and mouse game, having these conversations, thinking through what that might look like, working with investigators or program managers at the federal level, right? All these nick-nick types of conversations. That's where the solution comes to is we all bring our little piece of the pie and we find that solution and that's how we stay ahead of the crime. So, so thank you for having that heart to do that. Of course, a little, a little, uh, my, my solution is on the on-ramps when you send out a token to anyone, you send a, an NFT that it says your KYC and then that way, we can see wallets are KYC wallets. So just a thought. I love that. KYC and KYB. Yeah. Always. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like that notification alone would prevent a ton of crime guaranteed. Right. Because if they know that, oh, someone's tracking this stuff on some level, like people are less willing to engage in that activity, which is why every talk I'm always letting people know, hey, I know that you know, statistically, there are people on this call that like to abuse kids. Well, I'm coming for you, right? So, so no, absolutely. Being proactive and making those notifications is amazing. Absolutely, Lani. And that's why with compliance, we have risk alerts. And our job is to continually uh, monitor activity as, you know, behavior, whether their behavior matches their profile and transaction activity. Amazing. This has been such a wonderful conversation and such a pleasure to to facilitate and be a part of. Thank you, guys. Uh, are there any other questions from anybody that is sitting in the room right now? This is your last chance to get a question in for Lourdes and Alani. Greg, of course, if you have any other questions for our amazing guests, by all means. All right. Well, with that, Greg, Hello. do you have any closing thoughts? Oh, Greg, I think you, somebody said hello. All right. Uh, Greg, any, any closing thoughts before we say goodbye? All right. Well, with that, thank you so much to Greg, to Lourdes, and Alani for joining us on Spaces today.
and a huge thank you to all of you guys for joining. Oh yeah, we knew you were trying to get on there. Go for it, Greg. <laughs> my, my head wasn't giving. I mean, there was somebody that asked a question about um, about giving guidance on like revenue stream for Akash for the next five years or something like that. Do you remember the question, Nadia? Um, I've got. Um, yeah, we've got a couple questions from. Let's see. We've got a couple questions on Twitter and from Telegram, yes. um, which we could get to. Lourdes and Alani, we know that you guys are incredibly busy. If you need to jump off, uh, do you guys need to jump off the call? Uh, the other questions are a little bit more specific to the Cosmos blockchain and tokenomics and, and things related to Akash. So we understand if you if you do need to go and would love to let you go if that's the case. I do have to go, but thank you guys so much for having me. This was incredible and I look forward to future conversations. And thank you, Greg and Alani Kay and Akash for everything that you guys are doing. Thank you, Alani. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, bye. Like Alani, I have to jump off as well. Thank you everyone for the invitation. I look forward to the next event. Have a good yes. one. We're so awesome. excited Thanks to have you guys again. Bye. Bye-bye. So, Greg, yeah, we do have a couple of questions. Um, so if you have time, we have yep. one here. Um, so, well, I mean, I think I remember. So it was like asking for guidance on like the revenue for next three years. It's really hard mm -hmm. to predict, right? Like, so we can't. I mean, so the the way these things, systems uh, work generally, right, is the numbers that we have really doesn't matter. I mean, we have some some applications, the number of applications. What matters right now is the type of applications, right? Because, you know, it's not about one, it's not about having hundreds and thousands of applications on day one that are suddenly successful. It's quite the opposite. Having those one, two, three key applications that will bring hundreds of millions of users. That's how it is. For, for If you look at Amazon's growth, it was not a lot of applications on Amazon in the first few years. It was a Netflix that changed the face of Amazon, right? Why Netflix? Because, well, Netflix saw what Amazon could offer and totally leveraged uh, that infrastructure Amazon could offer, right? That was only available on Amazon, right? So we don't really focus, we shouldn't focus on revenue numbers um, right now because they, these numbers don't really matter, but it's that use cases. Like, hey, what do you do when you have a thousand uh, providers in thousand regions that can deliver a latency signature of less than 20 milliseconds anywhere in the world? The kind of applications, the kind of games that gets, gets built, that's the kind of stuff, right? So we focus on stories, we focus on adoption, we focus on individual projects, we focus on projects like DOD hackathons, like, hey, Akash, doesn't have a team, a government's team that's sitting in Virginia and going to talk to these DOD offices, but it's the grassroots efforts from uh, our community members that got us into DOD. So things of that nature what is what matters right now. And it's what's gonna matter over the next 12, uh, 12 months at least, right? So your, your measurement of success is not numbers, it's qualitative and not quantitative. So it's very important to observe. So in that brain, like I can't, predictably tell you like what our revenue is going to be three years from now because I don't know it could be you know it could be you know uh, twice or thrice or it could be a hundred times right I just don't know and it shouldn't we shouldn't be focused on those metrics right now and then 
We also have a question from San Holo only. Uh, they only had a few minutes to join in today and they wanted to get their question in and are hoping it'll be in the recording. They ask, do you have a strategy to protect Akash against a Dow takeover by whales? Um, for example, Circle, for example, could have an immense interest becoming the biggest validator and also the means to do it. Well, we're not going to, um, in order for them to take over, they need to acquire all the tokens, right? Um, I don't think that's practically possible because, you know, I'm not selling my tokens. I'm pretty sure company and, and our team members will not sell the tokens. I'm pretty sure if I go on Twitter and be like, hey, there's a hostile takeover by someone that's going to crash your token, people won't even sell the token. So uh, it's a fallacy at best. And then we had on Telegram, uh... Somebody was thinking it would be great to hear Greg's opinion on Prop 78 for Cosmos. Looks like there's big drama there with 20% of Atom supply coming to the market. Uh, I, I, I haven't reviewed uh, in detail uh, what the prop is, but if I have to think about, is that the prop that, if, if it's a prop that is going to support development teams, I think it's a good move. Um, it's, I mean, where is the supply coming? It's not about just numbers dropping on the, on the in the market, but also uh, you know where the supply is going to. So I'm I'm not familiar with actual Prop 38 uh, deeply. I've been hyper focused on delivering main four uh, over the last last week. So if I missed out on it, but uh, you know, but I've seen proposals where the the increased number of uh, atom is actually going to development teams to support atom development. If that's the case, I support that. Uh, if it is going to some other purpose, I probably won't support it. And then Greg, um, if you if you want to share your thoughts, um, speaking of regulation to just bring it all back to that, uh, this week Web3 Working Group quote tweeted you. And one of the things that they focus on is educating regulators on Web3. You sit on their board and education is important work. And we just had a whole, you know, vibrant talk around regulation and regulators. Um, can you tell us about either the work that they're doing or the work that you do with them and how you got involved? Yeah, so it's, I mean, we should be making a better, bigger announcement about this group. But really, the genesis of the group was um, there is quite a lot of work happening in Web3. Web3 is, is shaping up to be like the internet, right? So internet, uh, you know, you have different kinds of applications uh, that, you know, that offer different things. Like Uber is different from Facebook, which is different from, I don't know, like, uh, you know, Google and Gmail, which is different from your banks, right? So there's so many applications for internet. And uh, when you talk about regulation, you have to take into account all these different use cases. Right. So similarly, in Web3, you have the NFTs, you have the DeFi's, you have, you have the infrastructure that very few people talk about, right? Uh, most of the attention is all DeFi, DeFi, DeFi. And to be honest with you, I'm an engineer. I finance boards the hell out of it. And I mean, <laughs> I know software. I don't care. I mean, DeFi is cool, but that's not something that I wake up to and be like, hey, how much can I give extra interest to somebody? That's not my mission in life. My mission in life is to create a more equitable computing platform, my mission in life to create a more greener planet, you know, so that's the kind of stuff that I want to focus on is infrastructure and infrastructure doesn't get the, the attention, uh, you know, for a good thing or a bad thing, right? A good thing is, well, um, you know, 
but it's more like a grassroots and it only attracts really good people that, that kind of see the future and they understand they share the values. The bad thing is like, well, uh, when you talk about regulators, they're going to regulate an infrastructure like NFTs, right? So we want to prevent that. So we all our infrastructure protocols, graph protocols, live fear, RV, us, and, and a bunch of others came together and said like, hey, we got to do something about it. Uh, we're going to start with educating the regulators first and legislators, right? So when, they, when you're writing laws, make sure you keep us in mind. Don't regulate us like DeFi regulation, right? So in that effort, we created something called the Web3 Working Group. Uh, it's well-funded. It's uh, well-staffed. It is on a mission uh, to uh, educate the law enforcement and, 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 and I mean, the regulators and legislators to take into account. And we're going to be responsible, right? We're not going to be... Uh, you know, like the, today's conversation, we talked about the real bad things people are doing using the platforms. And I don't want to wake up every, you know, wake up knowing that, hey, my, my Akash is being used by a child pornographer. Like, that's horrible, right? Like, so there's real problems I think we got to really address and we got to be proactive on addressing these problems, right? Uh, and uh, so, and, you know, just, uh, and also like, hey, this is the whole notion of like crypto. Most of the stuff is illicit. That's also absolutely false, right? I mean, we saw, we see on-chain data, like, okay, look at the infrastructure systems. People don't use us for like, right now, there, there's no evidence that people are using our cash for illicit purposes. So we got to educate the regulators about this, uh, this, this new uh, category that's under sort of like uh, exposed uh, to, uh, and, 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 and formulate like regulations and laws around it. Awesome. I love that. Um, we have a few more questions on Telegram. Uh, one of them, uh, they'd love to hear you elaborate on how the U.S. Department of Defense leveraged the Kosh Network and more about the hackathon. Luckily, we have an entire episode covering that next week. So we'll wait till next week for that one. Um, and then we had a question Someone wanted an update on the progress and status of the Buy23 ecosystem partnership with Akash. Um, if I'm sorry, what? There are any thoughts on that? Um, the partnership with Buy23. Yeah, the ecosystem partnership with Akash. And there I mean, may be no updates at the moment. I actually don't know what that is. Is that a validate? Um, so we'll get back to that. They joined our ecosystem um a few months back so we'll follow we'll follow back up with them on that oh, i mean if it's a valid i mean if it's all the ecosystem it'll be on the ecosystem right so you should every ecosystem project is not a partnership it's ecosystem right it's not a, a partnership is is something that our teams work together to achieve a common goal ecosystem is tools uh you know uh, that that use a card if, if by 23 is audit there should be a some sort of like uh, indication uh, as to why it's on it. I don't have a computer in front of me to to to, to answer the question, but I believe by twenty three is, is a validator, right? So yeah, proof uh, of stake validator. Yeah. So they're using a cash. Uh, they're using a cash for several reasons, and I don't think there's updates on like how people use a cash from individual uh, users. Yeah. So us? yeah. So we have. <laughs> We had a bunch of questions in from Telegram today. Greg, I know you're super busy, so we can go ahead and save these questions for next week and make sure we get them in next week. It's up to you. Let's do it next week. I think we're Yeah. 
Yeah, we are quite over. All right. So with that, thanks so much to Greg, Lourdes, and Alani for joining us on Spaces today. A huge thank you to all of you guys for joining today or listening to this later. We value your questions. And Greg was able to stay a little bit over to um, answer some of them. So we appreciate that. Um, thank you, Greg, so much for doing that. Guys, if you sent in your questions, don't worry. We will save them for next week. We will not forget to. Um, we'll still get those in. Um, guys, with that, let's keep in touch between spaces. Right now, go sign up for our newsletter at akashnetwork.substack.com. In the About page, Zach's got a link to the blog. Check out the latest post from Anil Murthy, Head of Product, the first in a blog series on building the open cloud, and look out for the second post coming soon. Um, we'll also keep you guys posted on when we'll bring back Lourdes and Alani Bankhead. It was an amazing conversation, and it was great to, to, all, to bring everybody to the table. That's, that's super important for the space, and it's going to move the space forward. We're also excited to announce Mainnet 4. Look out for content surrounding Mainnet 4 in the next few weeks. Right now, share that pin tweet here in the Spaces Room with the four features in Mainnet 4. And don't forget to head over to Telegram tomorrow, Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern, 12 UTC, where Forbull will join us for an AMA with a 300 AKT prize pool for the best questions. Join us next week, Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific for our next Akash Weekly Spaces with Greg. Tap that set reminder button as soon as we post it. Thank you so much again for joining today's event. And thanks again to Greg, Lourdes, and Alani for spending their time with us. See you guys next Wednesday with Greg at 8 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri, featuring Alani Bankhead and Lords Miranda. Recorded on Wednesday, October 12, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two, help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect. With the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den Envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-bubba-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-bubba-billion Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next bu -bu -bu No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the night curfew Rats in a cage Till they make time to murk you Got a little job That falls under my purview We gotta get this mob Away from the Birds you gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like fox 
snooze just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Channel spaces. <laughs>